Hey friend, thanks for listening to the Compared to Who show. This is Heather Creekmore. I'm glad you're here today. Today, I am interviewing my friend, Jeanette Enrique. And she's someone I met a couple years ago when she was working for an eating disorder ministry. And I had, I think, just written or just published Compared to Who, and we connected. She has quite a story. She knows the dangers of eating disorders. She's been through a lot, but she is a testimony of God's grace. And she is someone who didn't stay stuck, but who even in the midst of some pretty difficult circumstances is still telling her story of what God has done for her. I know that her testimony is going to be an inspiration to you, so I'm excited to share it with you today. We're in a series all month long about letting go, and when I asked Jeanette, what should I title this? What kind of letting go story is this? She said, it's letting go of everything. It's surrendering. And I thought that was so beautiful, right? That's what we all need to do. Can we surrender these issues of our body to God? Oh, that's tough stuff. But I think you're going to love today's interview. And if you do, feel free to leave a review for the show. We always encourage that. But more so, tell a friend about it. As Jeanette will say at the end of this interview, connecting with others around these issues is such a vital step for your recovery. So tell a friend, share this interview with a friend and talk about it. That's a great way to start your own recovery journey. Okay, without further ado, let's get to today's episode. Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compared to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Jeanette Henriquez, thank you so much for being on the Compared to Who show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Well, you have a a story of God's grace as, as we all do. Um, but you've been kind of in the same disordered eating, eating disorder help circles, um, that I found my way into, and you've been there a lot longer than I have. So you've been doing some good work on these kind of issues for a long time, but I invited you on the show just to tell your story. And to talk about kind of the journey you've been on through these things. And then even your journey in helping others with these things. I think that's, you know, that's a whole nother journey. So I'm wondering today if you just, you know, share with us your story. Let's just go back to the beginning. Um, will, you, will you tell us? Yeah, I would love to. Um, it's been quite the adventure. Um, and I'm grateful for every second of it. Um, it is definitely not the life that is normal whatever normal, whatever that means. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I became a ward of the state um, when I was nine and 
I um, moved around a ton. Um, I was just in and out of different foster homes, um, children's homes, um, back and forth um, through um, and in and out of treatment centers. Um, my first suicide attempt was actually at the age of nine. Um, I was taken away December 20th. And so four days later was my first suicide attempt on Christmas Eve when wow. I was nine years old. Wow. Um, because I just felt so lost and so alone. And just the, uh, just the hopelessness that I felt. Um, even though um, by all accounts and accords, um, you would think that getting out of an abusive situation would be a good thing and um, um, something I'd be grateful for. Um, there's a lot of fear that goes into um, being um, in foster homes and, and children's homes and um, shelters and those kind of things. And so um, I struggled with depression and anxiety since I can remember, even before being taken away. And then that just got amplified. And then through just a really... Um, tragic event in my life at the age of 11, um, where I was completely out of control. And, um, I mean, I was already experiencing out of control, just being, um, moving mm -hmm. around, but then, yeah. um, being out of control of my body, yeah. I developed an eating disorder because it was really the only thing I could control yeah. in my life. Um, the state could tell me where I moved, who I lived with, um, and even what I did with my body. Um, but they couldn't control what I put in my mouth or didn't put in my mouth. And so I grasped and clung to that control with everything that I had. And so that's what started me down a very dark, destructive path um, with the eating disorder. And so um, throughout the course of my recovery, um, which was over a 15-year journey, of recovery. I was actually in treatment um, for 50 times, which is astronomical, but not just for eating disorder, but also then for depression and um, dealing with the trauma and uh, but a lot of eating disorder treatment. Um, and for the longest time, I had no desire to um, even be in recovery. Yeah. Um, so as I walked with people, like I get the battle of letting go of what that looks like and then what's the fear of what's on the other side. Yeah. Um, I became a Christian at the age of 13. Um, I accepted Christ. I grew up in church. Um, I knew all the scriptures. I've memorized all the scriptures. I could quote you all the scriptures. Oh. Um, but I didn't have that personal, personal relationship, even at 13, um, with God that I developed later on in life. Um, I really felt like um, God was this person that was just ready to um, condemn me and another person that I just wouldn't be good enough for. And that could, couldn't really love me for mm -hmm. who I really was just because all I saw was my brokenness. Yeah. I couldn't see how he could see anything outside of that. Yeah. Um, so um, it was hard for me to use my faith in my recovery journey at first. Um, but it became a huge part of my recovery. Um, as I mentioned, just in and out of treatment centers. Um, the one thing that I am so grateful for is that um, God really blessed me um, with a good mind um, and a strong desire to 
um, do well in school. Um, in fact, um, maybe to a detriment, my identity was very wrapped up in performance um, and perfectionism. Yeah. Um, but I'm grateful that um, through that, I was able to um, go on to college and um, get an education um, and, and, and start that um, road in, in my life. Um, but through that also, I struggled with my eating disorder. So it wasn't just this um, ideal um, college experience where you go through and you have all these friends. It was still in and out of treatment. Um, and just battling of who am I? What am I? Where's yeah. my place in this world? Yeah. And it really wasn't until I um, went off to a treatment center um in California. So I live in Texas like you. And um and I just um I was first of all I'm, it wasn't the first time, but I was the queen of running away for mm -hmm. treatment. Um which kind of went with my story a lot and just running away from feelings. I never felt mm -hmm. like I could feel my feelings. Yeah. So the eating disorder was great at that too because it helped numb those feelings. And so I get it when people say that you know, I don't want to feel all these things um, mm -hmm. because the eating disorder is great at helping to numb it. But one night um, at the age of 24, I was treatment um, and then I ran away. Um, and I had no idea where I was, no shoes, no ID, no nothing. Um, all I knew is like, I just, I just had to go. I just had to be away. And I heard this, all the sirens going off and I kept thinking they were after me. They asked me like, what am I going to do? And that was the first time I felt like I ever heard God speak to me. Mm -hmm. Whether it was God or not, I don't know. <laughs> but to this day, I, I, I felt like it was God. And just this sweet voice is saying, you know what? Not everything's about you. Mm -hmm. That might sound kind of harsh, mm -hmm. but I needed to hear that because my whole life I've been thinking, what's so wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And fill in the blank. Like I was mm. never adopted or, um, you know, just whatever the situation was. And so it was always about me, um, yeah. that I was unlovable and not worthy. And so just hearing this voice saying, you know, maybe it's not about you, mm. um, really just helped change my perspective. Um, yeah. of course that didn't mean that recovery started immediately after that, Yeah, but it definitely started changing things. And it changed how um, I started um, my relationship with food. And then actually within a month of coming home from that treatment center, um, I actually had my first heart attack mm -hmm. um, at the age of 24 and yeah. um, from the eating disorder. And I mean, they tell you all those things can happen. And I was not at an unhealthy weight. Um, so in my mind, it shouldn't have happened. Um, because I wasn't sick. You know, I had this idea of what sick looked like. Yeah. And and I was pretty much following a meal plan, not perfectly, but I wasn't, compared to where I was, I wasn't there. So why? And um, yeah. one of my old foster parents um, just invited me back to church. Mm -hmm. um, I'd gotten out of church. I was kind of just mad at God. Um, I really blamed him for a lot of what happened in my life and so through getting back involved in church and coming to really 
know and experience God in a different way. And um, really his heart and um, his love for me really mm -hmm. kind of just shifted things. So um, from there, it took till about when I was 28 to really get into strong recovery. Yeah. Um, yeah. Still ups and downs. Can, so can I interrupt you for a minute? I I would love for you to share more to whatever degree you're comfortable about what the eating disorder did to you physically during that time. Because I feel like there's a lot of women maybe listening today that are like eating disorders, not really that big of a deal. You know, it's just food. My body will be fine. My body can handle it. I know my body will be okay. It's more important that I'm thin than that I worry. I'm not going to worry about whether or not I have an eating disorder. And you've lived the truth of that. Can we go a little deeper there? Is that, is that okay? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, first of all, the smile that I have right now is, um, a very expensive smile mm -hmm. because, um, all the years of purging and not taking care of my teeth. Um, actually, I think one of these teeth um, up front actually um, broke chew broke it chewing a piece of bubble gum. Mm -hmm. um, just because my teeth were so bad, I didn't have any molars, um, all of them. So, um, having to get um, my teeth fixed was a huge expense, mm -hmm. um, and. Um, I just on my top retainer, I had five teeth, um, that mm. were that just so I could eat. Um, yeah. I couldn't really even eat, um, and really chew food well, um, mm. because of all the damage to just my mouth, just starting there. Yeah. Um, but then even going further, um, like I said, I had one heart attack at 24, but, um, I ended up having three heart attacks. Um, and that has led to permanent heart damage. Um, to the point that um, now with the health challenges that I have now, I can't have heart surgery. I can't go under anesthesia um, because of all the, all the heart damage that I have incurred. Mm -hmm. um, and some of those things you don't think about when you're in your 20s, uh, you don't think those things will happen to you, but it's very, very real. Yeah. Um, and so um, those are some of the main things that um, happened. I had... Um, I'm grateful that, that God has um, restored a lot of things, but just tears in my esophagus um, mm -hmm. from purging so much, um, getting to the point that um, I was abusing just so many laxatives each day. And every time I'd go into treatment, they would have to spend at least two, three weeks just detoxing off of laxatives. Mm -hmm. um, and when you start those things, you think it's so innocent that, mm -hmm. you know, then one pill doesn't become enough and then you start just adding and um and so and to the point that it doesn't really work yeah to accomplish what you think that it's going to accomplish and yeah at the end of the day those effects aren't really true right um, yeah yeah so, um, yeah it, well and i i had a conversation recently with someone and it was an eye-opening moment for her because she's like wait you mean once i get to my goal weight like that won't be enough. And I was like, no, that's not the way it works. I mean, can you attest to the reality that it's never enough? I mean, what words would you put to that, Jeanette? Oh yeah. There's that mile marker, that measuring stick that you have is always changing. 
um, nothing is ever enough. Um, Because I think it goes back to that core lie that we're not enough. Right. And until you get that lie really resolved, you're always going to be moving that measuring stick of your worth and your value and trying to determine that you're enough based on something that's really unattainable. Right. Um, I have been at every size. So I was drastically underweight and then um, up to over 400 pounds. Um, and I think uh, regardless of where I was on the scale, um, I never felt enough. Yeah. Um, and I never felt safe in my skin or comfortable in my skin. Um, so I know for me, a lot of my eating disorder was about hiding and kind of mm-hmm. blending in with it and not being noticed. Um, yeah. And so, um, again, part of that was due to the trauma that I endured um, growing up. Um, and so, but part of it was just not being comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. And so, um, I definitely thought that when I get to this level, that I will be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had those things. Um, and even doctors told me those things. You know? mm-hmm. um, for instance, I lost my period. Um, and they said, you know, once you get to a certain weight, then you'd get that back. And I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my period in um, 2000. And it took over 20 years wow. to get that back. And wow. Only through doing some other things did I get that back. So, um, you know, had I wanted to bear children, um, that wouldn't have been possible because of um, the damage that I had done um, yeah. to my body. Yeah. And so I know that's the cry of a lot of people's heart is to be able to have a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't always think about those things. Yeah. Um, but yet you want those things. Yeah. So it's this conflict and this tug of war um, within yourself. But I will tell you, there's no number, there's no clothing size that will ever make you feel like you've achieved something. Yeah. It's always going to be something bigger and greater that you have to achieve to try and get whatever you're seeking. And I think that's part of looking at you know, what are you looking for? What are you seeking? Is it love? Right. Is it that feeling of enough? Um, what what hole are you trying to fill in your heart? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that, that wisdom there. Hey there, friend. Did you know that I do coaching? If you've ever listened to the show and thought, hey, I just love to have a conversation with Heather. I think that would be really helpful. Maybe she could help me sort out why I'm stuck. Guess what? I do that. And I would love to do that for you. So no matter if your struggle seems eh, light, not that big of a deal, or if you've been struggling for a really long time and you're just overwhelmed, let's talk. You can grab a free 10 minute, just like learn about coaching session on my website. Or if you're ready, you feel like you know me well enough from the show, just dig in, schedule, grab a time and let's have a conversation. You can go to compare to who.me, find the coaching tab and you'll find all the ways to connect there. I was just also wondering, 
you don't know when you're crossing the line to an eating disorder. Like, did you go, did you set out to have an eating disorder, Jeanette? (laughs) Definitely not. Um, So my eating disorder started um, because of something really traumatic. And so I thought um, if I just um, stopped myself enough and um, purged enough that I could um, really change some circumstances in my life and um, just wanting things out of me, um, just again, mm. as a result of trauma. And, yeah. um, and so, um, I thought that if I could just, um, get everything out of me mm. and, um, that would do it. It had nothing to do with weight. Mm. And, and for me, um, all of my journey really had nothing to do with weight mm. or certain size. Um, me mine had a lot more to do with control and mm-hmm. other things. Um, and so I think that's a story for a lot of people too. It's, mm-hmm. it's not always about a number on a scale, but um, something else that they're seeking. Yeah. Um, and so, no, I definitely didn't start with any idea. Um, I mean, I didn't even know what an eating disorder was mm-hmm. um, when I started um, engaging in behaviors at 11. And so, um, and I was still in denial, even after going into treatment numerous times. Um, I often said, I, I don't have any disorder. I just have a trauma disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just somehow if I can just resolve all the trauma, then everything else would be okay. Yeah. And um, the reality is, I mean, there are reasons why we all have eating disorders. Um, and it is important definitely to address those things. And sometimes you can't even address those core issues until you get into a healthy enough place mentally and nourish your mind to be able to deal with those issues because I know I wasn't able to do a lot of the trauma work that I needed to do because I wasn't able to think and process mm. clearly because my mind was so starved and yeah. I'm not in a healthy place. Yeah. And so it's kind of this vicious cycle. Um, and I'll also say, I mean, I didn't meet criteria um, so mm. many times. Um, spell that out, spell that out a little bit more for those who don't know the insider language, meet criteria. What do you mean by that? So, um, especially definitely with going into treatment, you, there's this idea that you have to be sick enough, Mm -hmm. um, and meet these certain criteria that doctors look for to say that you're sick enough and frankly insurance, um, Mm -hmm. to, to say that you're sick enough to be able to get help. Mm -hmm. And so as long as you don't meet these criteria, me and then it's easy enough to say, well, then I'm not really that bad off. Right. I mean, yeah, I'm engaging in these behaviors, but I mean, if doctors aren't worried about it, if you know I can't get help, then it must not be that bad. Right. And I played that game a lot in my head mm-hmm. um, for a long time. Um, because there was a lot of my life that I was at a weight that wasn't of a concern mm-hmm. for anybody. Mm-hmm. And so um but just because you may not be a certain number, certain BMI, all these different things that um, the medical community uses to um, determine and categorize, because we're a, a society that likes nice neat boxes, mm-hmm. um, but life isn't that nice and neat in black and white. Yeah. And so um, just because you don't fit into a box, um, doesn't mean that you can't die from a eating disorder. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that it can't um, impact your health greatly. Yeah. Um, 
in just engaging in purging um, on a regular basis um, does so much damage to your electrolytes mm -hmm. that you can have a heart attack. Like I was at normal weight, all those things. Mm -hmm. But because of engaging in those behaviors, it still has deadly effects. Um, and so um, I think it's important to not look at um, what the world and doctors say is criteria. Right. And judge how sick you are compared to that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. even other people, well, I'm not as thin as that person or I'm not as heavy as that person or, you know, so many things that we compare mm -hmm. and think that because I'm not like them, I, I'm, I'm okay. Like, mm -hmm. I'll get help when I start exhibiting these things. Right. Uh, and that's really just um, a lot of denial. Yeah. Friends, I hope this interview is blessing you. The second part of this interview will air next Tuesday, so stay tuned for that. Jeanette continues to share what God has done in her heart and how he has been working with her and through her to help others on eating disorder journeys. So you'll want to make sure to tune in and hear that part of her story. Also, we talk about the reality that Jeanette is on hospice right now as she's recording this interview with me. Friends, her story is powerful. Come back on Tuesday for the second part. I can't wait to see you there. I hope something today, though, has helped you stop comparing and start living. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to comparetohu.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at comparetohu.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Hi, friend. Are you stressed? 
maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of too. Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less Podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science, inspired by God's Word, to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.